Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Are Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great. Father John, how about you? I'm well. We have a very special guest with us today. Yes, His podcast debut, the one, the only, Albert Farah. Give it up for Albert. <laughs> we call him Albert the Great. Uh, how you doing, brother? I'm doing wonderful. It's I just feel very special today. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope you feel special. By the time we're done. Well, we'll let you know if you're ever going to be back again. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Albert's with us here. Uh, the three of us, we're actually, as we record this, we are in uh, Des Moines, otherwise known as Des Moines. Oh, the beautiful heartland, Father John. French for the Moines, <laughs> which I just absolutely love. It's my favorite t-shirt of all time. Des Moines. It's French for, for the Moines. Moines. So we're here for a Christ Our Life conference, which is just a spectacular gathering of people yeah. uh, here. We're at the Wells Fargo Arena. So... Uh, this is their seventh conference, and um, we've never been before. We've heard of it, and it's actually a blessing to be here. And some of what we're going to talk about uh, today is inspired by what we experienced this morning, right, Father John? Yeah, very much. So our topic, Mayor, is what? So today's topic is, what do you mean by worship? Ooh, what do we mean by worship? So let's pray, and then we can bust this open with... Uh, Albert the Great and uh, my dear co-host Mary. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father, we just entrust this conversation to you right now. We ask that your Holy Spirit would guide and inspire us. And even as we're speaking, that he would help us to see you and your Son more fully. To understand who you are and all that you've done. And why it is fitting for us to not only turn to you with our requests and not only to thank you for all that you've done, but simply to worship you for who you are. For there is no one like you, Lord. And so come now, Holy Spirit, and bless and guide us. Bring hope and encouragement to all those who are listening. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So this is, I know, a topic near and dear to you, Albert. Uh, you and uh, your lovely wife, Becky, and your daughters are often leading worship at, uh, at the parishes where you attend. So I'm sure you're going to have lots to, to weigh in on this. You know, let me just set the stage if I can. So we're, we're here at the Wells Fargo Arena. So this place seats, I don't know, 10, 12,000 people, something like that. And as you're walking around the, uh, the upper concourses, you just see pictures of everything that has happened here over the years. So this is a hockey arena. Um, it's had, uh, you know, uh, NCAA basketball tournament games. It's had concert after concert after concert here. I mean, so you walk around the hallways and you just see these beautiful pictures of People on their feet, hands raised in the air, guitars in their hands. And there's nothing but excitement and enthusiasm. And people are going nuts because that's what they do at concerts and sporting events. And it's triggered in me as we were uh, sitting here waiting to take part in this event. Like, what's wrong with us? That's right. As disciples of Jesus. You know, like, we're in an arena with brothers and sisters 
who are praise God. I mean, they're they're sold, sold out. out. I know that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm m- m- the image that I had this morning at Mass. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. Was simply, oh Lord, please don't let us get like outshone by the people who've come here for sporting events and concerts. Like I love sports and I love music, but we're here to worship you, and we don't want to be outdone by them. Right? That, that makes sense. Great. It was a great word you shared that this morning in the homily, and um, and but that's often what happens, right? I think sometimes when we come to mass. Um, we can be, our, our, our posture can kind of be constrained. Mm. Um, we're stayed in our posture. Um, one could even say we're rigid in our posture. But when you think about whose company that we're in, that we've come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, mm. and what happens at the Mass, mm. um, what we do at the Mass matters. You know, we, we're, we're up and down, we're on our knees, we're standing. But there's something about, um, are we as excited yeah. Are our hearts as predisposed to step into that bodily worship, mind, body, and soul, when we come to Mass? And that was just a great reminder from you this morning, Father. Mm. Yeah, so just thinking about and looking at those images, um, there's a sense of abandon Ooh, in I those images, that. right? Mm-hmm. And how often do we allow ourselves uh, to get into that sense of abandonment before the Lord and, and getting caught up in the drama that is unfolding before us? At mass. And you, you were sharing earlier uh, two things that I thought were interesting before we started to record. One was uh, the image of, of David, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there, there's the, the story as uh, King David is welcoming the Lord and, and dancing before him with abandon to the point where uh, it is unseemly. I think it's one of his wives. It is, is one of his wives. One yes, of his right. wives thinks. Uh, Which is unseemly in and of itself, <laughs> but still, right. that's another podcast. <laughs> but she's ashamed by his sense of abandon before the Lord. And he is absolutely, he doesn't, he's careless. He does not care, yeah. has no concern for the way that others perceive him because he knows who he is before. Yeah. He's lost himself. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes what keeps us, Albert and Father John, from like pressing into that wild abandon is we're wondering how, how are we going to be perceived yeah. You know, what, what, yeah. what is that going to look like? And, and it's been my experience sometimes in worship, perhaps it's been yours as well, that for a few brief moments, right, we can be so totally and utterly lost in God that we lose a sense of time. Mm. And that's how our hearts are made. But how often do we really press into that the way that God made us? Right. Right. So let's use an analogy that might be helpful for some people. Because the other thing that you were saying, Albert, before we came on was you you, you took uh, your, your son Anthony to the uh, Michigan football game oh my last goodness. week. That's right. And so you said you saw this woman with a T-shirt. And what did it say? So the T-shirt said, college football is a religion and every Saturday is a holy day. And so to your point, Mary, about, you know, like not caring about how I'm perceived, if you really want to see worship in 21st century America— Go on a Saturday to a college football game. That's right. That's where you're going to see worship. That's where you're going to see people abandoned without any concern whatsoever for what people around them are thinking. I mean, you'll see people painted with their faces, all sorts of colors, shirts off, dancing around, acting without care for ultimately, like, what? I mean, no, don't get me wrong. When when Michigan beat Ohio State last year, there was a little dancing <laughs> without abandon <laughs> where I was. I was elated because that's happened twice since the iPhone was created, which is still really hard to believe. But anyway, so, um, it, there's, so there's nothing wrong with sports and there's nothing wrong with concerts. That's not the point. The point is how is it that we, we somehow sense there's nothing wrong with that, 
But, you know, that's just really kind of out of place. And I'm not talking about mass. I don't want to talk about mass. We're gonna, we'll set this stage in a minute. Right. But somehow that doesn't fit with God. I mean, that's just wrong, right? And so in many ways, this, this whole conversation's triggered when, when the three of us and the rest of our team was uh, doing the equipping day, which the videos are now up on our rescueproject.us website. That day was filmed. One of the episodes is entitled The Importance of Worship. And we were doing open Q&As. And one of the questions we got from somebody was, what do you mean by worship? I mean, isn't, isn't the mass worship? And of course, the answer to that is yes. But there's two things of note, at least to me. One is um, the mass isn't the be all and end all of worship. So there must be worship outside of that. There should be. And the second thing, you know, I think it's Sherry Waddell. Mary, you, you, you might remember if I'm wrong, but she makes the observation in one of her books saying, you know, the Eucharist we refer to as the source and the summit right. of, um, of our faith. And, and the point she makes is for those of you who live in flatlands like us in the Midwest, those might just be words. But she lives in Colorado Springs. And you hear source and summit, you think Pikes Peak. Right. And we drove to Pikes Peak last uh, fall. And as she said in that book, you don't happen to just get to the top of Pike's Peak. It takes time and energy. And she used that. I thought it was a great analogy for the mass. Mm. You don't just happen to get to mass. You know, you don't just happen to enter in. The mass is not intuitive. You need an awful lot to understand what's actually going on here, just like you need an awful lot to get to the top of Pike's Peak. And I think you need an awful lot to understand why it is that it's right to worship God. So let's talk about this. Um, maybe thinking about that question, what do you guys mean by worship? So what do we mean by worship? And yes, the Mass is the highlight, um, but we don't want to talk about we don't want to talk about that so much um, that's a, that's a completely different podcast topic, which would be fun to do, especially for, for you, Albert, because you're, how do you define yourself? A tradismatic. Yeah, tradismatic. So try to put that in a category. <laughs> so we, we can have a great conversation about this on another time, but let's talk about just worship in general outside of the liturgy and how it is and why it is that we should rightly worship God, huh? So why do we worship him? This is the answer. I think that's the answer that most people would give. That's right. Silence. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, why do we worship God? If I was to ask you both, how would you answer that? Why do we worship God? So I, I would answer it as it, it's an act of love. Ah. That's, that's how I would answer it. It's because what, 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 do, I do, for, what do I do for the Lord who... How shall I make a return to the Lord? I, I have to give him everything. And so worship to me is is just part of that return to the Lord. It's an absolute act of love. If in marriage, the only time I spent time with my bride was when we were coming together, um, there wouldn't be a whole lot of deepening of our love. Right. Right. That's right. Um, and, and it's the same thing with the Lord. If the only time I think of the Lord in worship is at mass. Right. Boy, uh, the rest of the time, I'm not thinking about the Lord. I'm not coming before him. Hmm. I, I'm supposed to live my day as an act of love, as an act of return to him. That's a beautiful image. 
Yeah. Mary, yeah. why do we worship? I would say something similar. It, it, it's an inward, it's, it's an outward expression of the posture of my interiority. Hmm. So um, in my own life, worship looks a lot of different ways, and maybe we're not going to go there yet in that conversation. But there are moments throughout the day when, when, when I'm compelled hmm. to go to him in worship in one form or another. And to your point, Father John, it's outside of Mass. And I think it's important for us to have this conversation because if we're not comfortable pressing into these various ways of worship, we won't know what to do when we get to mass and we have to we want to encourage people to feel comfortable stepping into all these different ways that we can express our love it's a response you know we, we talk all the time in the rescue project it can be described in four words created captured rescued response it's a form of response hmm. right so if i was to press you on that is that how you would i love that answer you, you would say it's a, I, I worship the Lord as a response to him, much like Albert was saying, for all he's done. Is yeah, that, it's, is that, it's, like, it's like, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you, Lord. It's an expression of gratitude. Yeah. It, and it's an expression of like, um, I think you were alluding to this, uh, Albert, you know, what can I give to God for all that he has done for me? Yeah. And so we do that in these very, this a variety of feeble ways to express our love. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's our posture when we pray. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's going to adoration. All those things that we're going to hopefully yeah. talk about. So I, I love that. So I would answer, uh, not in uh, um, contradiction to those, maybe just to compliment those. I, I would, I worship the Lord because it's just. You know, it's kind of like the, it's, it's the line in the Eucharist before we get to the Eucharistic prayer. You know, it is right and just. Mm -hmm to give you praise and thanks. Well, what's justice? Justice is to give to somebody what they're due. God is due, is due. He justly deserves. I mean, ours is a culture that's supposedly hung up on justice. If, if we really want to be hung up on justice, we should start with first things first. And the first person we should give justice to is God. And God deserves my worship. But the thing that strikes me as I'm listening to the two of you and then just thinking about what I'm saying right now, all of those things presuppose you know him. That's right. I, I can't love somebody I don't know, right? Mother Teresa used to say, or God used to say to Mother Teresa all the time, they don't love me because they don't know me. Yeah. You, you, you can't respond to somebody who hasn't initiated something, and I can't give God something justly if I don't know why he's due, whatever. So... It presupposes that for the disciple, we, we know who Jesus is. We know who the Father is. We know what, together with the Holy Spirit, they've done for us. They've not just created us, um, but God has become a man. He's rescued us from the power of death, from sin, from hell, from Satan's grip. And he did this in the most like extraordinary way by uh, becoming a man and going to the cross and triumphing from inside. So it presupposes, again, that we know that, and that's why we created the Rescue Project, because we just don't think most people know that, right? That's, right. that's that's the whole point of the gospel. So that's a little bit about why we worship, huh? Let me just ask you guys, where do you worship? So I'm, I'll lead out. I'll, I'll lead the conversation, and this is just kind of like a talking about making myself vulnerable. Um, I have a commute you know, in the morning, uh, getting to getting to our offices. And so a lot of times I worship in my car. And the Lord helps um, that commute by putting pylons <laughs> on the highway so that you have longer time to worship him. That's him. Gosh, That's him he does I that. I tell you, we do live in the city of pylons. It's absolutely crazy. Um, 
But so I so a lot of times in the morning it's just an extension of my prayer. I'll mm. just turn on some praise and worship music. Mm. And I have a terrible voice. I do not have the charism of singing unless I'm in my car by myself. And then I think, hey, I sound pretty good. <laughs> um, but it's, it's in that place, to your point earlier, Albert, that I can press in with wild abandon. Mm-hmm. And you would think that I'm on stage because mm-hmm. I no one's watching me except the trucker maybe to my right. You know, there's a crucifix hanging from that woman's window. She's probably crazy. But that's one of the places. Yeah, I love that. I, I passed you in the car, actually, worshiping. And- <laughs> No, yeah, you do you look did. a little crazy. I have, I have. And you do look a little crazy. Oh, Lord, Certainly abandoned. So yeah, you're, you're pressing into the, to the Davidic charism there. I love it. How about you? What, what do you worship? Actually, uh, um, it starts early in the morning for me at, at prayer uh, when uh, Becky and I are praying in, in the morning. And then, uh, yeah, the car actually is a pretty common place for me, hmm. honestly, because uh, rather than try to fill it with... Um, all sorts of noise or maybe multitask in other unhealthy ways on your phone. Um, I, I find that... Uh, Do you multitask? No. Well, that's I, another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> we need deliverance ministry for yes. that podcast. Can I ask you a question, both of you guys? So, you know, we're talking about how we worship. Or we, where. Uh, or, or where we worship. Um, how we worship. Would you say that posture is a part of that? Because you were talking about prayer uh, at home in the morning. And so uh, if we're not in the chapel making our holy hour and we're praying at home, um, I, I will pray oftentimes prostrate because I will feel the Lord inviting me to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a house full of kitties. And so when I'm on my face praying prostrate, you know, the cats will come around and go, what is she doing on the, on, on the floor? But there's something about um, that's... Um, there's just an interior need to go right. to, to yeah, worship. Po- so posture matters that? greatly. Yeah, just like a sporting event. Or you were talking earlier before we started to record being at a concert with some friends and how you felt restrained somehow because it just didn't seem appropriate to engage bodily, right? Yeah. So because we're made the way we are, right. the body wants to respond. Right. Father John, you had a comment. You, you shared something with me four or five years ago when we were still in parish ministry. It was a worship night. We had Eucharistic adoration, a time of prayer. It was just beautiful. had beautiful worship music. And you said, sometimes when I haven't worshipped in this way, it's like my body is crying out for, you know, the impact that greens and spinach Mm. can have on your body. Is that what you said? Something about you can almost tell, like, the body had a need Mm. for this. And it was Mm. like taking in greens when you know your body is in need of some of those. That's um, exactly the image. I mean, when, when... when I put good food into my body, I, I realize, oh, wow, I'm, I'm supposed to be eating this all, all the, the time. time. Mm. And, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like Popeye. And, but, I mean, you can just feel the, the nutrients coming into your body. When I worship God uh, in, a, in a more concentrated way, you know, like especially in a gathering of people, um, where there is song, my spirit feels much like my body feels when I put good food into it. It just realizes, oh my gosh, like I'm living analogy. on a really imbalanced diet, yeah. spiritually speaking. Yeah. And, and, and to Mary's point, you ruined um, football for me in many ways, Padre. Um, oh, well, thank you. You know, because I, I, I recall the, the, you pointing out, and again, years ago, this whole sense of people worshiping in a, in a football game. And as I'm looking around and I'm watching the rites and rituals, you know, there's a creed that happens at oh, the yeah. beginning of a Michigan football game oh, yeah. that ends with, we, we are the greatest university in the world, right? And so, so there's almost these rites and rituals. And as I'm observing this almost for the first time, I'm feeling like, oh, wow, I, I have to be careful that 
I'm not taken up into the wrong kind of worship here. Yeah, and right. so, so as uh, to your point, um, when we do proper worship, it also makes us aware of situations where maybe we're creating some idols around us hmm. that are taking the place that rightly only belong to him. Yeah, I mean, it's Aquinas who says uh, everybody worships. I mean, everybody worships. Uh, everybody in the world is worshiping right now. The question is simply who or what they're worshiping and is who or what they're worshiping justly deserving of their worship. And if, if the answer is not God, uh, then we're in idolatry yeah. because we're giving to something or someone what only rightly belongs to God. So let's do this. We can, we can go on and on. Here, here's, the, here's the challenge that I just want to uh, encourage everybody to do this week. I'm going to do it myself, too. I'm just getting convicted even as I pose this question to all of us. How about this? How about we try to be very attentive every day this week? I'm, I'm even thinking of, like, much like people count calories. Mm. Mm. You know, they, they keep a log of the food that they're eating. And then at the end of the week, you're like, oh, no. Like, I <laughs> ate a lot of garbage this week, you know? Maybe do something similar to that with regards to just this dimension of prayer. I mean, because when we pray, there's lots of things to do. There's You want to thank God. You want to bring petitions to him. You certainly want to be silent and to listen to his voice. You want to read scripture. But let's be attentive this week and take note each day how much time we set aside to give to God simply to worship him. To thank, thanking God is thanking him for what he's done. Worshiping God is worshiping him for who he is. Like even if he didn't do anything for me, and he's done plenty, it would be right to worship him. Hmm. You know, like, so back to the sports imagery, people worship oftentimes athletes because they watch what they do. And this is why we don't worship God. We don't know what he's done. We don't know who he is. And so maybe we can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just help me to know who God is and why it is so right for me to lose myself, to be careless. I love the way you said that. It's not to be careless, it's to be careless and to be abandoning ourselves uh, like Mary is when she's in the car on the way to work, dodging the pylons, doing the slalom move. <laughs> so let's, let's be attentive this week. Take note each day how much time we, we worship God. And then as we're doing that, let's just you know, hold ourselves to make it a point to do something every day to praise, uh, to adore, and to worship him. Huh? How's that sound? Sounds like a great habit to to start this week, Father John. A Thanks so much. Great. Do you think we should have him back? Yes, I think we should have him back. You, th this is so normal. We're just we're just talking with you like we talk all joy. the time. It's what just so joy. easy. You should think about joining Acts twenty nine or something like I'll think like about that. it. I'll yeah. take that to prayer this week. <laughs> All right, this is all great stuff. It's a great conversation to have, and it's a great conversation to have because God is deserving of our best and our greatest and our most sincere efforts to love him the way uh, he deserves to be loved and that we deep down want to love him. And because he is God and because he's with us, do not be afraid. You were born for this.